welcome to discussions of music, healing, and consciousness with your hosts, Chris Noble and Bill Prosman. In today's episode, we're talking all about how you can heal and grow with music. Simple tips and tricks on how you can expand yourself, heal yourself, and ultimately just make yourself feel different, whether it's needing to be lifted out of a more negative state of consciousness, a heavier emotion, lifted into a more positive emotion, or whether it's to expand on an existing positive emotion and find new levels of bliss and enjoyment. There's so many ways to use music to heal yourself, to expand and to accentuate your life, express yourself, release energy that's trapped, and much, much more. Bill and myself will be talking all about this and much, much more as always in our open conversations here on Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness. So what about this question here? How do, how do you have a healing music experience if you're just like by yourself with a limited ability to play any music or sing or even perhaps hear anything if you don't have your audio device with you? What, what do you do to be able to have a healing experience? It's a great question. And, you know, the first thing that popped into my head, and there's going to be a lot of answers that we'll give to this question, because there's a lot of different ways that this can happen, because you can be alone uh, in, in solitude and not have not much access to music, but you can also be in a family with, with you know, kids and um, a spouse and maybe in-laws and other things going on this holiday season. And it's, it's 16 it's, different soundtracks happening. <laughs> exactly. It's almost the polar opposite of the solitude situation. And I think both of those would be really good to address uh, because we'll find probably some commonalities as well in, in the two of them. And the first thing that jumps out to me, Bill, is, is one thing that we all have, which is a voice. And even I was thinking about this the other day, actually, just just encouraging people to hum a tune, just hum a song, a tune that you have stuck in your head or make one up, whatever, and, and just let yourself actually express that melody. It does not have to be perfect, of course. Just, just hum it, just sing it, hum it, you know, and as you're doing your dishes, as you're in between, you know, uh, making um, some sort of a meal for the rest of the family, or as you're in between your, you know, your solo movie night um, in your, in your puttering around your house, really start to consciously hum. And you'll probably find that there's things you want to sing. I mean, I, I think most people want to sing, but we're conditioned to be, utterly terrified of expressing that form, you know? So I would say the most basic thing, just start humming a tune and we can expand on that. But that would be like my, my first really, 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 really basic, basic suggestion. Everybody can hum, right? That's not exactly. hardly. And it's not a self-conscious thing if nobody else is around, even though people, I, I mean, I probably met more than one sort of old person just hums all the time, right? It's just oh, yeah. like, connecting to the music or maybe it's a nervous thing or whatever, but or me, hey. you know, but like yeah. people like us, I mean, we, I'm sure most musicians are quite musical, but for the majority of people, you're right. There's this, um, what do you want to say? Like, what do you want to call it? It's like, um, it's a fear really at the end of the yeah, day. It's a self, it's a, it's a self-conscious thing. Like you were saying, we're conditioned to not speak. 
<laughs> I don't know. I grew up in a house where children should be seen and not heard, right? So <laughs> yeah. um, I had the ultimate revenge because I had the grand piano, right? <laughs> they could hear me anytime, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I get that, right? We're not necessarily brought up as, in, at least in the West, as a civilization that sings, generally speaking. Very, very true. Um, I know that's not the case if you have a, a large family that does sing. But I mean, in, in high school, so I went to a high school where there were like several different cultures at work. American, Native Americans were there, you know, average white people were there. There was an Asian culture that was there. Um, and in the Asian cultures, particularly the Polynesian culture, um, singing all the time. Mm -hmm. I knew a family, uh, mother, mother, father, three daughters, they sang like Polynesian stuff in five-part harmony. Wow. It was just natural. And, um, and that's not the case. That wasn't the case in my family. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, humming is, is great. Is it, it, so here's a good question. Is it, is it necessary, do you think, to make some sort of vibration happen or can you get the same effect from an earworm that you like? It's a great question. Um, I know even hearing a song in your own head and I, and I, and I know some people, it, it is actually difficult for some people to, uh, to really hear a full song in their, in their mind. Um, some people have it more vivid than others, but mm. it, there's definitely a therapeutic effect, even having a song circulating in your brain. But I would say that the vibrational effect of singing, I mean, I know for me, it, it's a pretty dramatic difference. It really feels, oh, it feels good. <laughs> I was going to use so many other words, but at the end of the day, it just feels really good to, yeah. uh, to sing it. It's extremely cathartic and... Uh, it releases a lot of tension and sort of maybe stuck emotions or other forms of energy in our own body, in our own emotional body, mental body, that we don't know how to move. And and singing, I find, can literally vibrate those, let's call them just negative um, energies, emotions, whatever, for, for lack of a better term. And it allows them to sort of vibrate out of your system, out of your body, much like you know, doing yoga helps you physically move out a lot of that stress and, and energy as well in your body. It's a similar kind of phenomenon. I'm fine. I, I, I would think. Um, so so I, I do like think rattling the atoms in your body. Exactly. Um, helps. Mm -hmm. You know what I, I would, I'm going to take that one step further. How about this? Okay. Uh, we, we've talked about the monks who prayed for ice before and how the crystals look beautiful when they pray with, yeah. you know, love and, and they look terrible when they play with, Pray with mm -hmm. anger. Is the simple act of humming enough to sort of line everything up? Probably, you know. And, and if you think about humming specifically, like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, just, mm -hmm, just anything. But your mouth is closed, and I've done some yogic breathing exercises that specifically. Oh, what's it called? It's, it's something like it's something like a bee. Um, something to do with bees is what the name of this typical, this particular kind of breathwork exercise. And you, I think you actually also clench your teeth, not clench them hard, but you put your teeth together and your mouth, your lips together and you hum like, hmm, like that. And even when you do that, teeth together, especially and lips together, hmm, you feel that, especially certain notes like lower or higher, you can experiment with. And there's going to be certain notes or frequencies that are going to really vibrate your whole brain. And it feels like a brain massage or a full skull vibratory massage. And you can do this by changing the pitch, like, you know, kind of changing yeah, the pitch. I can feel that just when I did it there, I can feel the 
this vibration go up to my forehead and then it'll kind of trickle down to my nose, to my mouth, to my chin. So you can already start to feel almost like you've got a bit of a portable, you know, spa (laughs) (laughs) treatment massage, you know, (laughs) that's really cool. So there, the idea of making a sound, uh, we're going to go with that's effective. Yes. Earworm, not so much, but Better than nothing. Better than nothing. Um, total silence. Like if you're out in the forest, lucky oh, people who can go to beautiful. the forest, right? Listen yeah. to the sound of the forest. Um, what do you think about putting on ambient forest sounds in your headset? Well, it's soothing as as, as, as can be, really. It's so soothing to listen to nature ambience. So if you're looking for something more on a true relaxation or you're a little stressed and you really need to just Zen out for a moment, then nature ambience is one of the best things you can do. I I usually will put nature ambience into some of my meditation pieces purely just to add a little extra punch to the, to the relaxation component because it's just, you know, breeze through trees or um, ocean, you know, waves or things like that are just so relaxing. So if you've got access to tech, that's like, that's the next the next level, right? Yeah. If you're just isolated, you don't have access to the tech. So how about the Ujjayi breath, the wonderful back of the mouth, that sound that you make when you exhale? I'll, I'm trying, I'm trying I'm to do mimicking it, it, but you actually get it on the inhale through your nose, resonating in the back of your throat. Yeah. And um, that roaring sound is a kind of a vi- ocean vibration is what I get on that. Like the sound of the oh, waves. Like, yeah, through. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, is it, what do you feel about that with respect to humming being something too? Well, you could do your inhales with the Ujjayi breath that I'm trying to mimic it for our audience here. It sounds like I can't, I, it's not yeah. coming out loudly enough. But anyway, um, you do that in the, in the inhale and then hum on the exhale. Maybe. Oh, that's a great one. You know, I, I find I'm doing that naturally in a lot of my meditations where I'll, especially at the end or sometimes at the beginning, I'll do some long uh, breaths where I hold at the top and then and then release uh, after for quite a while just to yeah. really dr- drop in. But when I when I blow out, I'll sometimes go like, ah, or something right. like that. Or yeah. mm, just le- like literally letting frequencies out. The more I turn off my judgment brain, at how weird that sounds or how, and I'm lucky I live on my own. Um, but when I live with people too, I always would just find like a secluded little space and, and just have my own, you know, privacy to make weird noises basically, because it's extremely therapeutic. Um, so that's a good suggestion actually. So this is a little bit more like a controlled screaming into your pillow. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I mean, which is also a a way of making some sound, right? It is. and letting it literally letting it out, mm-hmm. uh, which by the way, is not a bad practice. Very therapeutic. If you're really pissed off or angry, it's one of the best things you can do. Um, that's a physical vibratory outlet um, outside of maybe really intense physical exercise, also very helpful. But when you're angry, we were talking about this, I think back in the summer bill, like about really extreme emotions and how to curb them with music or some sort of therapy. But I think we both agreed music, Although it could be still helpful when you're angry, screaming into a pillow. I mean, it's a tough one to beat. It's so effective. <laughs> it's really effective. Better if you can sing like that loud with that kind of intensity. But that takes a lot of training, you know, to be able to do it right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know, exactly. Depends on your situation living at home. Even for me with my place, like I gotta, <laughs> some, there's gotta be some limit. You know, I do have neighbors above and beside me, so <laughs> I don't want to get evicted yet. <laughs> yeah, what's that? Oh, that's Christian. He's just working out. But No, I love this because, um, okay. So it's football season here in the United States. And uh, I know go army. I've got army, army family, but Navy, you guys, man, you pulled it off. So <laughs> aren't sports ball events, a great place. Just go and let it out. Or oh, man. Yeah. You're Canadian. Right. I mean, I love hockey too. So um, whatever the sport, it doesn't matter. Whatever Soccer, sport, whatever, whatever it is. Provided you're not like angry at somebody and yelling at them. It's a great place to go. Yeah. Right. Just like oh, screaming yeah. all at the top of your lungs. It feels so good. You got to leave thousands of other. I know. Right. There's thousands of other people doing the same thing too. So there's also that group chanting, you know, energy that you get from a sports stadium experience. Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, intense and great. Very therapeutic. Therapeutic. Yeah. So um, other, other than the discussion of music healing and consciousness method, inhale, if you can, making a sound at the back of your throat as you inhale through your nose and then humming as you exhale. Mm, yeah. uh, our, our cheap therapeutic practice of the day. It's actually free for everybody. <laughs> and it's free, right? So it's immediate takeaway, immediately actionable. Here we go. Um, which, is, which is awesome, right? Because, well, let's face it. Who needs to hear somebody talking more with respect to everybody who's listening right now when you can sing? Oh, yeah. It's and, uh, fun. You know, how much content is out there in the world of people talking like us, talking heads, versus content out there in the world of people singing? Maybe the same thing, the same topics. And I wonder which one would get in there. You're talking about Gregorian chant, right? And, mm. and uh, Gregorian chant is very specific words, you know, the whole time, yeah. take people through the liturgy. There's something to be said about that, too. But humming removes all of that. And it just gets down to the basics of... of Maybe like revisiting your inner child. It's that's a great point, Bill. It's absolutely re revisiting your inner child. I I've gotten to a point now in my life where um, I, I've done a lot of work with my insecurities, and so I don't really feel weird singing just going down the street. You know, when other people come by, I might re I might bring it into a hum, you know, and I'm not singing as much out loud, but I still sing, and people if they catch me doing it, which most of the time they don't, everyone's in their own world. We, we forget that too. Most people True. could care less, but whatever antics you're up to, we, we care the most about ourselves. Right. And, and so we should, but regardless, I, I find just humming a tune, walking down the street, not only feels really, really good while I'm doing it, it puts a smile on my face almost always. So then I become that guy who's walking down the street with a big smile on his face and everyone's like, why are you so, why is he so happy? Like, well, it's a little trick called. You have no right being that happy. Yeah, you have no right. What is wrong with you? Take your happiness out of our <laughs> Take that up misery. <laughs> but typically I, I do see that it if people actually pick up on it, it shifts them and it, and it either, you know, I find like they, they, they like um, just seeing someone happy and humming a tune. And then it also, I find in, it invites them to maybe express and look into what they could be doing in that moment to express themselves and, you know, maybe hum a little tune to their own self afterwards because they saw some other 
weirdo doing it on the street. Well, you know, maybe that's something I can do with my day. And so I, I like doing that because I, I'm hoping it also invites other people to just, it's such a small thing, but if everyone just started humming a tune and singing a bit more unconsciously and letting sound and frequency out of their body more uh, involuntarily and just feeling through it, it's a small act, but I honestly think something like that could make a massive global shift in people just on a, even it's a very subtle level, very, very simple, small thing to do. Right. But right. But it could be a, if it's practice, then it becomes powerful. Exactly. And whether or not you think you've got a practice, you do because you're doing it a lot. That's just practice is repeating right? this same kind of thing over and over again. Of course, it's a little bit different than habit. Habit is like, you know, you learn to do something and now you can tie your shoes, right? Or ride a bike. But um, when you have to tie your shoes, because if you don't, they'll fall off your feet and, you know, it'll be hard to walk on the rocks without shoes. Or if you have to ride your bike to get to work, when you introduce that intention to it, mm -hmm. it's where it becomes really powerful. So humming, down, humming, walking down the street, hum, 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 right? And... And, and that moment, what's your intention, man, when you're humming, walking down the street? That's a great question. I don't think I have an intention in that moment. I'm, I'm just letting, I'm just, I'm not thinking. I don't think there's a thought in my head other than there's like a song or something that I need to, I, I find for me like certain melodies, certain songs, I, um, I even, if I was to put it on my, my Spotify and listen on my phone or something, for example, I still need to sing it. Like there's certain songs where I'm like, that's fine to listen to, but I need to sing it. It's just, it's too good to only listen to. <laughs> yep. I need to sing along with the song. It's too, it's just too good of a, of a tune. And I need to, I need to do that. So even if I'm listening on the street, I might take off a little bit of my, my earphone and just hum along and see, see all the notes I can maybe keep along with or, Maybe that's more my intention, um, but it's it's it is the intention. Honestly, is kind of expression. It's pretty, it's pretty basic. I I, I feel the need to let out a noise, so I do. There, I think it's just a matter of re, re, like removing the um, inhibition or removing the um, stigma or the fear or the insecurity of oh, I'm not a singer. Well. Pfft. Yeah. Most of us aren't, you know, like check your ego, but yeah. the, um, I don't think that you have to have the brain involved to have an intention. Good point. Yeah. Right. And uh, we spend so much time always being aware that we think that that's consciousness, but consciousness is, is humming mm. without thought too. It's true. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not the first person to say that there's, there's a lot of writers who've written about this kind of stuff. Um, and I find great freedom in disconnecting from thought, if that's possible, mm -hmm. you know, whether through meditation or in my case, for playing the piano, yeah. um, it's at least when I'm playing just to play and not to practice. Right. So if I'm just playing and allowing the music to come, mm. um, I, I find great freedom in that. And it's a real respite because the thinking mind takes a break and lets the music mind, you know, play for a while on the brain and, and, that, and that's so therapeutic totally and, and humming i think does there at least it invites the invites the opportunity to disconnect from the thinking brain for a little bit and tune into the music brain and for maybe that's that's perhaps maybe the only intention i mean you could you could convince yourself that you're doing this to disconnect from your thinking brain and you know 
you know, catalog it that way and stick it in the place where you, when you want to do an intervention, that's what it is. But why not just go for the inner child thing and, um, and have that be your intention? That's a good point. Cause you know, kids don't really, all, there's not a lot of thought. There's just impulse and total impulse. like they're thinking, but they're, they're processing more in real time. They're not, um, all the time. Like when you, when you really are able to tap into your inner child, that's where, you can really free flow with things and not overthink. And you're right. You know, I just feel like I feel like humming. So I'm going to hum. You so know? off you go. And, you go. and language doesn't need to be a part of that. Mm-mm, no, it's so easy for kids. I think when they, before they have language to just express and be okay with that. It's not until they get language that we start expecting them to explain what they're doing. Yep. <laughs> right? It's so true. It's more like, ha, ba. Ah, yeah. ah, and why, you know? and why not? Right. Right. <laughs> and, and what's involved in getting back to that place is so hard for we adults. It's it's you know, we have to put a lot of stuff aside. We have to we have to throttle down a whole a, a, a giant control panel full of systems, <laughs> you know, in order to get back to the to just humming. Yeah. Just basics. Humming. The basics. The but basics. So, so, so there you are walking down the street humming and and your intention is nothing more than just to hum. Um, I love this because one of the things that everybody talks about being authentic and genuine and whatever else is being in the moment. How often we heard being in the moment, right? There's even mm-hmm. songs about being in the moment that you can't oh, listen yeah. to without the refrain of being in the moment, right? And it gets stuck in your head like an earworm. You can't get rid of it. And then you're not in the moment anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> right? But so being in the moment, um, it's full presence. Like you walking down the street, humming, doesn't matter what your effect looks like to other people. They might see a smile on your face, or whatever. But you're you walking down the street, like right now, as you're listening to this, humming something, are in full presence. That's mm-hmm. it's hard not to be. And you know, some some Yahoo's going to come along and bump you or something, or say, "What are you talking?" And and that's going to bring you back. So you know that when you can come back, you were there. Yep. Right. That's, that's unfortunately the thing that tells you that you were in full presence is somebody calling you back. Mm-hmm. And, um, and in that moment of full presence is stuff happens. That's where the good stuff is, right? Oh yeah. You know, you line up your intention, all this other stuff, you think yourself into this place or you could just hum. And you'll get downloads and ideas in those States typically, right? When totally. you stop thinking uh, great analogy. I was watching a Jackie Chan movie the other night and I'm so into the martial art movies these days. Um, going through it. I just loved, he is the best. And, and I, and I love martial arts in general. I'm going to be looking into more training in the new year for that because there's such a respect and, um, form of meditation and form of, um, spirituality that comes with the martial arts that I've really got a new respect for and watching, um, because there's a lot of philosophy in martial arts. And one of the philosophies that was explained in this, uh, Jackie Chan film, the forbidden kingdom I was watching the other night was, you know, this kid, he's the protagonist and he wants to train. He wants to learn all the the moves, so to speak, to become a master. And Jackie Chan, he's like, okay, well, you know, here, uh, let's, let's, I need a cup of tea first before we get into this. So let's, I'm going to like, I'm going to pour a cup of tea for us. Okay. So he's like, give me a glass. So he gets the kid, gets him a glass and Jackie Chan just pours the tea and pours the tea. And then the tea gets to the top and then it overflows and it overflows and he and the kid's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? What are you doing? He's like, he's like, that is your mind right now. You have too much in your mind. You can't get, you can't learn new things when you already have a full mind. You have to empty your mind, empty your mind, clear your mind, 
and then we can begin your training. So it's the same analogy to this idea of uh, stillness and um, like you were mentioning this presence, right? In the present moment, you, when you're able to fully tap in, whether it's through just humming and walking down the street and inadvertently falling into a bit of a walking meditation almost, that's where your mind will start to go a little quiet, a little bit more blank, and it's then emptying itself in a sense. And then that way it's allowing more space for new thoughts, new information, new ideas to come in. And so it's a great little life hack, one of many, many ways to be able to drop into presence. And, um, and then there you go, new ideas, right? So that's another uh, little bonus or benefit from this. So sing more or hum more. Sing, hum. Step number one. Yeah, hum more. Step number one. (laughs) (laughs) Hum more. Hum more. The other, the the next stage, I guess, is if you have uh, the ability for getting a musical instrument or being near something that can create um, a sound, our laptops, our computers are also uh, an instrument. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Uh, Your cell phones are amazing. You can download so many piano apps, synthesizer apps, cool apps that have um, really amazing textures and sounds that you can instantly access. You can make your own tunes, download GarageBand for free, write, write all, a whole bunch of music over uh, these this this time in the holidays that we're recording this or, or whatever it is. But what do you think about that, Bill, with like bringing in now like instruments on a very basic level? Provided you can do it without thought. <laughs> you set me up. <laughs> well, see, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, and for those who are starting their journey, I mean, I, I know that they'll be thinking a lot about what they're trying to do because it's new. And when you're doing something new, you usually want to think yeah, it through you a little try bit. To, you want the language to help you. Yeah. I, so we've talked about this one before, but the people who prefer uh, healing music without words versus the people who prefer healing music with words – Nothing wrong with either way, and it's t- entirely individual, of course, but sometimes the words are guidance, and you need the words mm. to guide you through whatever the process is. And I love um, doing meditations where there's some kind of guidance over the music that gets you to a place where, where ultimately they'll say, you know, I'm going to leave you alone for a few minutes you know, to, be, to sit in the, with the music. Mm. Um, so I, I love that. It's a little bit more difficult for me to meditate to EDM or find healing in that. Although there are times where EDM works, right? Depending on your thing or humming's not enough. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Not enough by a lot. Yeah. So, um, so where, where is this all going? Making music. So if you're, if it's facile for you to make music, you just sort of sit down and make the music happen. Um, that I think is a healing exercise creating the music like putting all the parts together and you know making all of that or even learning to play a simple melody on the piano or whatever it is or sing a simple melody a bit more um, engaged but it doesn't mean you're not in full presence mm-hmm. you know uh, watching uh, an engineer create a program that dude's in full presence you know don't bother him or her because it's going to interrupt the flow uh, watch a musician create on stage full presence or an artist mm. um, it's it takes some discipline to learn how to master a tool like GarageBand or a keyboard or whatever. But when you get to the place where you have some freedom there, oh, that's marvelous. Um, I was thinking as you were talking, most people can get to that freedom pretty easily with a hand drum. 
Oh yeah. You can pick up a djembe mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they're not that expensive online. You can get really inexpensive, high quality drums these days, hand drums. And if you hold it right, you hold it against your chest or something, you can play, you can feel the, the actual skin, if it's a skin that you managed mm-hmm. to find or a synthetic drum, if you're using a Remo or something like that. Um, but the vibration is like right there. So like humming, playing a hand drum, or I mean, even grab a guitar, even if you can't you know, make chords that sound like anything, just choose the bottom three strings and you'll get a chord. Yep. Uh, feeling that vibration against you is an, an easy way to get the, you know, to make the music happen. Pick up a kazoo, if you want to yep. magnify your harmonica. Home. Harmonica. There's so many easy ways of being able to get in there. And yeah, I have a piano app on my phone. <laughs> I don't have perfect pitch, so I use it to figure out what key things are. <laughs> but handy. yeah, apps. And there's even, um, if you're not into like the creation of actual music, uh, there's apps like White Noise where you can go out and get all these actual recordings that people have sent in, high quality recordings of stuff that happens in nature. Mm. Like the sound of a fire, a campfire, or the wind, or water, you know, an earthquake, whatever. There's and and those can be really satisfying things to string together yep. and sort of create a little soundscape that you can in your imagination walk through or sail through or swim through, however mm. it might be. So I'm I'm with you on the idea of sort of creating your own personalized experience, very much so. Because when you have that personal experience, uh, the step three now, once you have that personalized experience dialed in. Um, is setting the intention, right? Bringing yeah. your attention and your intention together in a ritual format. The Gregorian chant, here we go again. You know, like the Gregorian chant is very ritualistic. So bring that ritual together and say, yes, we're ready. Now is the time for me to engage, you know, this music, either that I've made or whatever, but, but, but really bookending it so that it becomes a moment, you know, a very personal one, but a moment for you. It's like a meditation that you, you know, I'm just imagining someone who's new to GarageBand and even the process. I mean, I go down YouTube rabbit holes all the time with new equipment or programs and there's a meditative quality to that, you know, especially when you're really trying to figure something out and each little step you're like, okay, oh, I got that. Okay. Oh, that's okay. So that does that. And okay. So that goes there. And you know, the, it's very satisfying to, sit down. I, I had some friends of mine who recently um, were getting into music, you know, new, uh, I had a friend who's a therapist and she's uh, now a recent certified sound healer. And so she's just getting into the world of garage band and recording music and actually creating it. And she's the kind of person that's like, Oh no, Chris, like I'm not a musician. I can't do any of that. Or she, she also has so much admiration for musicians and, and music that, she's, you know, she's like, well, I, I mean, I need like four to six years of, of study and school and all this stuff before I could really do any of this at this professional level. I'm like, well, look, I mean, you're not in, in certain aspects, uh, you're, of course you're not wrong. It takes many years to study and perfect these uh, instruments and the, the performance aspect and, and writing and all that kind of stuff. However, as humans, we're musical creatures. So from day one, right from the get-go, we have a lot of music in us. And there's many, many simple ways to start your process and even write music right at the beginning of your of your journey. I was writing music when I was six at the piano, not thinking of anything. And my intention and attention, well, was all on the piano with the intention of exploring the instrument. 
Yeah. I didn't yeah. know I didn't know what was right or wrong to play. This was before I took lessons. But I was writing music before I started taking lessons because I liked the way it sounded. I was like, well, if I play this E note and then oh look at this G, like that sounds like a fun harmonic. I didn't even know what that word was, but I would just be like following my feelings, following yeah. how how it made me feel. And even when you're starting off on a, on a new instrument or a new program like GarageBand and you're piecing some things together or creating some sounds, just that in of itself is is a meditation, is a very therapeutic thing to do. It's it's really fun and it's and it's easy and it and it you know it's very easy to sound really good now with uh, all the different instruments and things we have. Um, at our fingertips for free on our, on our phones, on our computers. So yeah, yeah it, it's absolutely limitless, but it can, the process of learning something and the process of doing something, both can be a form of meditation. If you're, if you find a specific instrument that really gets you going, that tickles your fancy, that, that cause we've all, I think the important thing is to really find that one or that specific sound or instrument or piece of software that you've always wanted to learn, or you've always been really, really, really curious about, because that's going to add an extra layer of fun to it too. You know, you really want to be doing the thing that has been pulling at your curiosity for quite a while. And yeah. once you do, it's a joyous experience. It's called playing music for a reason. Yes. You're not, uh, What's the other word? You're not, uh, you're not working another? at it. Well, I you're mean, not you working hard. You do. You're you, playing you work music. hard so you can play hard. <laughs> exactly. No, it's so true. You're playing music. There's not it's another. It's the mindset. Yeah. That, that playful mindset. Maybe not um, not playful in the way of a stand-up comic, but playful in the way of pure enjoyment. And if anything's in the getting in the way of your enjoyment, then it's time for another YouTube rabbit hole. <laughs> exactly. It's like when you're in elementary school and you're coloring or something, and yeah, you're 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 just experiment. What does blue and green look like when I mix them together? And then oh, what does red look like? And then you just you just you're playing around and seeing what 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 happens. You have no idea what's going to happen, and you just that's in of itself a lot of fun. That whole self-expression thing is so healing. Whether you journal or play music or you know draw art therapy, music therapy, I'm sure there are a bunch of other kinds. Maybe we can even develop the thing called you know software therapy or something. I don't know. Honestly, though, but right, if if you're in, into it at that level, it's an art form, and art has a, among other things, a pretty powerful purpose of of connecting you to healing. You, you can't help it, really. You know, you, you can try to resist, but it's going to happen anyhow. <laughs> mm. and I've, I'm, I always look around me if we were at a jazz concert on Friday, Saturday night or something like that. Great. And um, my wife is always kidding me about how she can't stay awake and stuff. And she told me a couple of times, she looked around the room. It's like more than half of the people in the room look like they're just sort of trying to catch themselves from falling over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and I've always thought, you know, that's okay because they're still hearing. Like they're still getting the effect of the music and being able to experience in that, in that zoned out state between sleep and awake is so cool. Yeah. No, to be able to be in that place and hear music, you're not going to come out of, out of that later and, and unpack your subconsciousness all at once and be able to like describe what happened to you. But I think those experiences are really critical and being able to hear music in that way seems to me it's just so cool. I mean, you don't have to consider like walking down the street humming. You've got to be concerned you don't bang into people and step off a curb and, you know, 
all the other things go along with walking, but isolating it down to just that a single tone. Yeah. Like find a, find a didgeridoo and just listen to that thing for an hour. That'll change you. Oh yeah. Or, or whatever humming of bees. But as long as you allow yourself to be in the presence of the sound, the sound will work on you to be for you to be fully present mm. or the drawing or the, the, the program that you're writing or whatever it is has that same magical effect. And, uh, and, and you literally can't help, especially with music. That's the cool thing about sound is that it gets into you every way. Like the physical thing vibrates and you get the emotional thing going, the mental thing sort of checks out and you don't have to think. And uh, which is a really nice thing, or you're, you do it as I'm talking about your, your mind focuses on something other than the brain for that moment. And then there's that wonderful spiritual thing that happens what you were talking about in the sporting event, where it just feels so great to be in community or to be in nature, mm. the ohm circles that you've led out in the middle of nowhere and just connected, you know, that, yeah, just that there's so much more than the street that you're walking on as you're humming or the forest that you're sitting in as you're oming or the otherness of this incredible place we live. And with music, I find it's, and, and other art forms too, but I, I guess uh, biasly with music, because that's what I understand the most, is it's this immediate way to connect with all the unseen aspects of our of our reality, meaning all the things that we can't pick up with our five senses or we can't articulate, but we know is there, you know, spiritual notions and ideas or metaphysical concepts, things of that nature that are outside of our physical understanding, but we, they're there. I mean, we know that, you know, 94% of our universe is what we're calling dark matter. And it's, in other words, is we don't understand what it is. We, we have no, what, yeah. we have no idea what makes up 94% of the mass of the universe, meaning we have no idea what makes up 94% of reality. And so being humbled by that, it's, it's, that's why I think the arts are so important is because they help express a lot of that. Mm, the, those ideas that are, yeah. How do you articulate them verbally? You can't, you know, when I've, when I've come back from a psychedelic experience, I could explain it all I want with words, but the thing I'll always say is that, Oh man, like I'll do my best, but there's no word or structure of a sentence on this planet that is going to encapsulate what I, what we experience on those multidimensional levels. So with music, especially, I feel like it can permeate many different dimensions and realities all at once. Maybe that's why all these ancients were so adamant about holding ceremonies specifically with music, percussion, and dance. Uh, using chanting and other things like that, instruments, all of the above around a fire uh, to not only put themselves into altered states of consciousness, but maybe to actually manipulate matter as we know it, um, creating portals, creating other, you know, dimensional portals <laughs> to other beings. I know this sounds a little crazy, but that's that was the intention of what a lot of these tribes and whatnot were doing with these types of ceremonies, using music and dance, and they were bridging um, different realities. Uh, that's at least what the shaman's intention were. And that's what people would report and experience. So it's, it's like you said, it, it, it's like, you don't really have to be fully conscious to receive all the benefits from a, a musical concert, even if you are 
kind of falling asleep. I also look at that as I've experienced that all the time when I go to a classical concert, same sort of thing yep. happens with those genres I find sometimes. And it's soothing, you know, there's, it, yeah, like I, I, even myself, I would catch myself sometimes like slowly kind of drifting off into a, in, in certain pieces. And I used to think like, man, is that just a sign of the music being so boring? But it's, it's, it's not, it's obviously not boring. It's, it's just different and, and soothing to a degree. If you're, if you're kind of nodding off, it's also because the music's probably so soothing. It is lulling you into a more relaxed state of consciousness. And think about how, like the, the sheer volume of people falling asleep at a symphony concert <laughs> says to me yeah. that there's just no other place where you can be that peaceful and that fully present. Mm. Can you imagine living a life where the only place that you could go for full presence was a symphony concert? Oh, I know. Crazy. Right? And I mean, there's a lot more to be said about that because, yeah, it's not EDM. It's not a light show. Um, it's a very specific, tightly controlled environment where music happens. Mm. And maybe today we miss a lot of the nuances of that, or perhaps it's just a Western thing and we're not as aware of it as they are in Western Europe even. Uh, Our family had a friend who was a classical musician, classical pianist, and he was well-known and respected and working hard over in Europe, but here in the States, hardly anybody knew him. And uh, his comment to that was, people just love classical music more in Europe. It's true. And it's like, uh, okay, well, you know, that's not an indictment of anything. It's just in whatever period of time he was working, 70s, 80s, 90s. Um, okay. That's the way it was. And I think that there's a hunger for all kinds of music. So don't get me wrong on this. You know, if, if you happen to be out there listening and your thing is metal, cool. I mean, there's so much joy in metal, right? And, and why not? You know, go for it. Fortunately, we have a way to do that. It's a little bit more difficult to hum, <laughs> but maybe you've perfected your growl hum and you can do it. Yeah. You know, then, then you know, some classical med- melody, which is everywhere. It seems like the only melodies ever written started <laughs> over in Europe. They just spewed out from there. But I, I, I agree with you what you're saying about music. Perhaps we're just not ready for the ease of of taking a dive into other art forms. Mm. I mean, I know that some people really get into flat art. Some people really get into sculpture. And so there's, you know, there are other art forms out there that have that healing effect, no doubt, but music is certainly accessible in a way that the other art forms aren't. Even though I suspect that they all work on us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, music is just like right up there. You can hum, right? We can make noise. Music is, is it's also like a baseline. It's it's just part of who we are. Oh, we, yeah, it's the ground. To, the, our voices, communicating, we're talking right now. It has its own musical quality to, to it. You know, life is music. Music is life. You know, like you can look at life as a symphony in a sense, you know, and yeah. it, 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 it really articulates all of those hard to articulate aspects of life. You know, you can kind of do it almost without any effort through music. You know, for example, even with a, a movie scene, you know, you can do all the cinematography in the world and beautiful acting and dialogue to set a mood. But I just, from my personal experience, having scored some films and whatnot, there's nothing as fast and as effective as music to get you in a scene, to get you into a mood, to get you into a particular emotion. 
it's just so fast. It just, you hear like within the first nanosecond of the song, you're like, oh yeah, I know how I'm supposed to feel right now. Yeah. You know, and, and you don't need any instructions. You don't need any other way to tell you how to feel in that moment. The music tells you, and it's very, very obvious and it's very clear and it's universal. I don't need any language to do that. Anyone around the world would hear this and be like, yeah, that's a sad scene. I'm ready to cry. <laughs> you know? Right. Or, or whatever. Right. The Darth Vader theme. I mean, it's, some sinister's coming here. I don't know the, what it uh, is, but the shower scene from Psycho would not exactly. be the same without that music. Exactly, yeah. I know. And uh, and oh my gosh, there's there's so much that just animates us that way. I was what was I was listening to somebody talk about national anthems after uh, the Olympic Games. You know how they play the national anthem from yep. wherever, and clearly the national anthem for somebody who isn't an American is going to have an equally moving effect on that person as the national anthem does for American or Canadian, whoever, whatever your thing is. Right. And um, that to me is amazing because that's a a crucial moment of the celebration right there. And, and you don't have to say anything, you know, the sense of national pride that you get out of something like that is just so pure. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with like crush the Americans. Right. Although we know the Canadian hockey team is going to do that. <laughs> well, thank God it's our only real major sport here. So exactly, <laughs> we got to do something. Right? <laughs> Unless it was, remember that? Oh, well, that's a whole different story. We won't go there. But, you know, that sense of pride. And um, yeah. here's, a, here's a musical exercise for all you out there. Uh, think about how you feel when you hear your national anthem, wherever you are in the world. And then just as an experiment, put on somebody else's national anthem. And see if you can relate. Now, you know, having a sort of European background, I kind of know how they go in Germany and France and the UK and here in America. I'm sad to say I don't think I could identify the Canadian national anthem if I heard it, although I might be able to. Mm. You know, it's kind of like every state in the United States at one point had a song. Yeah. Yellow Rose of Texas, California, Here I Come, like all of that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. But we're talking something more di- more substantial. Here. Something's been around a while. You know, yeah. Most national anthems are 100 years old or, or older. So you want to mm-hmm. get that. And then even better, if you know somebody of that particular nationality or culture, um, have a conversation with them. Say, hey, Chris, you know, I heard your, what is this Canadian national anthem? Man, I'm really messing this one up. Maple something, maple leaf something. I don't know. What is oh, it called? Um, it's just, the, what do we have? Oh, oh Canada. That's the oh, Canada. Okay, there yeah. it is. I'm thinking I'm like, I can't God remember either. Queen, I, whatever. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Of course. Okay, so, no. so sit down and say, you know, Chris, I was listening to Canada the other day and I was really trying to connect it with that sense of pride, national pride or whatever that I feel when I hear the star spangled matter, which is a real fraught thing for us in America right now. <laughs> Help me out, man. How does that work for you? And, and, and let yourself take that musical journey. Not only will you find out that you connect to somebody else in a Okay. Hold on. We'll just uh, connect. We'll connect. Yeah, we'll just do a quick pause here. Oh, I see. Battery powered. Gotcha. 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 At least it sounds good, though, when it's when it's powered. <laughs> I'm just going to pause the recording anyway. Man, sometimes it'll it'll beep at me. So after you've after you've listened to your friend's national anthem, go back to them and say, "Hey, how does that feel for you?" 
and kind of compare notes on the way that the music works for you. Mm. I, I just picked on national anthems. Don't know why. It's a little bit more defined than the hum. Yeah. Right. So, so go there. And, and then the funny thing that you'll do about this is that you'll discover points where you have the same response actually at a level that isn't intellectual, but you have the same response to that music as somebody from another country has, you know, to theirs. And you can begin to see how that works. And they'll, they may teach you something about why it is that their music is so meaningful. There's some beautiful anthems out there too, just musically speaking. Some, oh, some totally. are better than others, I'd say. And I've heard oh, some, there's some real yeah. wonkers too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to there's be some, honest, there's some like, pretty brutal ones. And there's some. Why are we some, still using that? <laughs> I know. I know. And there's some really good ones. So it's, I mean, the Beatles thought the French, the French, the French one was good enough to start off a song with. So exactly right. You know. <laughs> and you know, most people in the world know "God Save the Queen," which is, um, yeah. you know, been culturally appropriated by everybody in the world. But um, there's some really amazing stuff where you can sort of unpack your response to music in a healing way and begin to touch on the consciousness of of your of your buddy who's of that nation, right? Who gets the same response to their anthem that you get to yours. And of course, you know, in America with all of the take a knee thing going on with the Star Spangled Banner, um, you're going to get two or three different kinds of responses here, but that's okay because at the end of the day, right, it's all about something inside you mm. that is trying to get out, right? It wants to get out. The, and what better way to express than to sing? <laughs> than to sing, right? Yeah, yeah. And hopefully you've got an anthem that you can sing. <laughs> and if it's not a national anthem, it doesn't have to be anything to do with national anthems. It could be... Oh, you can go religious, pick hymns or something, you know? Anthem is... The word anthem is just a, you know, it's just a type of music or song that is essentially written for a large group of people to sing together. Is really kind of the core purpose of an anthem. You can... Uh, you hear the term like a rock anthem that's used, you know, for oh, like uh, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I was just thinking Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, there you go, right? Like that's a classic rock anthem yeah. uh, that everyone sings, and it's such a particularly for singing. It's it's that's why they call them anthems. It's it's not just like oh, it's got this great guitar solo. It's like no, an anthem is specifically designed for singing and like a big like belting, like everyone just sing along, and this is a great anthem for that. So you know. It doesn't have to be national. I think it's a great um, exercise that that Bill brought up there, and I, I kind of want to try that out too. But outside of that, it's an anthem is is simply something that really just makes you want to sing loud and proud. Yeah, and and I think you know as we're kind of wrapping our conversation here to bring it back to the beginning of things that you can do just on your own or with your you know not with your family. You can always do things with others, of course, but you know, in your own way, how can you bring musical healing into your life? Well, we were talking about humming and singing. Maybe the next step from that is to find an, your find your anthem. Find your anthem that is just the, that, that those several songs or one song in particular that, and we all know there's, there's, there's one for everyone out there where you just can't help yourself, yeah. you know? You're like, ah, I got to sing it. It's so good. It. <laughs> and we're not talking about Sweet Caroline, people. Although unless that's your thing, <laughs> unless that's your it. thing, because I know it is for some people. Certain, I've, I've had a couple friends who they we were at a party and we're always trying to guess like what's the song that's going to get everybody singing. Sometimes that is the one that gets. But sometimes it's the only one, right? Exactly, it gets right? People so, out of the chair. 
It, you know, so whatever works at the end of the day, whatever works, if you're singing and uh, it feels good, then go for it. Exactly. Exactly. And I love that you said, if it feels good, because that's the real touchstone for whether you're in the, in the lane in full presence or not, if it doesn't feel good, you're fighting it. Right. But if it feels good, you can just allow it. Yeah. And you only get to full presence when you allow it. So allow that. Yeah. It's all about the feeling. Like you said, I mean, that's at the end of the day, that's what we're searching for. We're not intellectualizing anything. We're not trying to get to a, a goal per se. The, the whole intention is to feel good, you know, when you're, when you're singing. So if it feels good, great. If it doesn't change it up, do something yep, else. Change it up. We'll talk about the hard stuff too, because I know there are times where I need to feel the tough stuff. Yeah. And I use music to support me there, but let's stay with, let's stay with the joyous stuff for, uh, for this episode <laughs> for this episode that will air after the holiday season is over and when we need to be joyful <laughs> yeah exactly well we're, we're all still getting over our turkey bellies and stuff so seriously and all those <laughs> holiday songs i know i know i i up there does anybody carol in canada anymore oh yeah yeah for sure i mean nice. i don't know i don't know how much of it is uh yeah you know what though even last year um with my family and and most years we would uh, we'd walk around and try to sing a little bit. It was a, mo- a much more modern day version. We weren't singing uh, yeah. a lot of like Christian carols per se. We were kind of just singing more pop Christmas yeah. songs yeah. that everyone's so going to sing along to. So that's what we did. And then we would also have a bit of a family jam, actually. It was one of the only times in, during the year, year that we would all gather and play music together. And um, I would typically lead uh, on the piano or whatever instrument everyone belting out, you know, after several glasses of eggnog and wine or whatever too, usually everyone just gets nice and toasty and we sing and sing, 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 sing all night. And then sure it could be Christmas songs usually bleeds into just like classic rock and covers and other stuff like that. Right. Eventually as the night progresses, who cares anymore, but it's so fun and it's so wholesome and it's such a wonderful bonding moment for everybody in the family. And I know everyone looks forward to it and I I certainly do. And, um, you know, I know that my my family occasionally does listen to this podcast. I found out recently. So, hey everyone, if you're listening, <laughs> happy holidays and uh, you know, happy New Year. I hope everyone had great jams. I, I wasn't able to participate this year. I'm having my first Christmas away from home actually, but I'm hosting a a jam for a lot of friends here in Vancouver to come over and just sing because they, like we were saying, it's. I, I'm also recognizing that we're in a unique position as musicians and part of what I feel my role is, and it's something that I enjoy doing is uh, creating an environment and a space for people to really just let loose oh my and, gosh. and sing. That's so beautiful. I was just saying this where my wife and I were talking about the other day. I feel much less like the center of attention and much more like the facilitator, mm. you know, and, yeah. and it's, it's fine. I mean, I don't care about being the center of attention. I, I'm, what I care about is what's happening to the people in the room, right? Me if too. If I can help that work, then I'm I'm in my spot. You know, that's the beautiful place. So it's 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 the way to I find share with people as well. It's uh, I can't tell you the amount of times I've had friends of mine just be like, "Oh man, that time, Chris, I was able, I came over and we just played some cover songs." And to you and me, Bill, it's such a normal. We'd probably do this all the time. I mean, we do do it all, all the time, but for a lot of other people, it's it's just so rare that they yeah, get a chance. Novel. Yeah, especially to play with another musician. So taking um, 
yeah, I'm, I'm taking a lot more uh, appreciation towards that. I think sometimes I would forget that that's such a big deal. You yeah. Know? Well, it, it's one of those things too, that it, it's a matter of age. Like if you listen to really old recordings of Sinatra and then the last kind of recordings that he made or the same thing, I think probably with Tony Bennett and Mel Torme, they get much looser mm-hmm. in terms of how they come across, you know, and um, I think it's Dame Judi Dench who said it best because there was a scene in a play where she just had to appear completely disheveled, no makeup, you know, like rolling out of bed and there you are on stage. Yeah. And, um, and she said she just loved the freedom of doing that scene. Mm. And, and I think when you get to a place where it doesn't matter what you look like or what you sound like or whatever else, and you just be totally free is when you come most alive. I love that. And I agree. So let's make that happen. More of that, please. <laughs> I think that's a great, uh, that's a great note to, to end it off on. And uh, yeah. I think yeah, everyone just go out there and, and express yourself and the rest will, the rest will come. But I think as long as it feels good, go for it. Oh man, this is so sixties. <laughs> <laughs> if it feels good, man, just go peace, for it. Brother, peace, brother, <laughs> peace. Yeah, I wish uh, I I love that era. <laughs> I'm just recreating it now in my generation in my lifetime, basically. Perfect, right? We need that. I mean, yeah. At the at the end of the day, all there is is love. Yeah. And all you need is all love. you need is love. <laughs> yeah. Who What's that French national anthem? Yeah. That's the only reason I know it is because of the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, George. John, Paul, Ringo. Yeah. And everyone else. The four disciples. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, man. Go be alive. Sing, be alive. Hum, be alive. (laughs) Thank you for listening in on our conversation and for taking time to show your appreciation with a like, share, or subscribe. Discussions of Music, Healing, and Consciousness is a practice of spontaneity, and we welcome your comments, ideas, and questions. There are ways to connect with us in the show notes, so let us hear from you. Until next time, this is Bill Protzman along with Chris Noble wishing you great musical health. Samara Huchaya. Huchaya.